James chapter 4, verse 11. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? title of the message today is, Who Appointed You Judge? Or Who Appointed You The Judge? Who Made You The Judge? Well, this Word tells you right off what we just read, that you're not the judge, I'm not the judge, none of us are to judge one another. God is the judge. Let's face it, the one that created the law has the right to judge you by the law, right? So, let's look at this. Now, immediately, you're going to think that I'm, I'm here to just bring everybody down today. And, you know, if, if for some reason this, this kind of hurts your feelings, I'm sorry, that's not my purpose. My intention today is to educate you a little bit, maybe remind you, maybe you've already known this, I'm not here to belittle your knowledge of the Word either. But we all need a refresher in what the Word says. So I want you to look through this today, whatever I present to you, I want you to look for the encouragement side of it, okay? I want you to see that the things of God can be double-edged. They can chasten you. They can prick you in your heart, make you want to change. But the good side of that is you remember that God chastens those that He loves. So whenever He corrects you, whenever He brings about some sort of correction in your life, it's for your better. He's trying to better you. So that's my goal today. My goal is not to condemn you. Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn. He came to provide life, right? Alright, so let's look at this scripture today. It says, Speak not evil one of another brethren. So we're not even going to talk about everybody else in the world today. This is about your relationships in the church. This is about your relationships with other believers. Speak not evil one of another. Speak not evil one of another. Y'all ever, y'all ever make fun of people? <laughs> I wouldn't have a whole lot to say if I didn't make fun of people. <laughs> and the guys that are out there working yesterday, y'all know what I'm talking about. Man, that's just, that's just how I am. I enjoy picking at people and making fun, right? And I don't do it out of meanness. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes the flesh kind of gets you over into a realm and real quickly you say, ooh, I shouldn't have said that. Went a little too far. Stepped over the line, right? I try not to do that. But sometimes you do, right? So even those things when it's just in fun can sometimes sound judgmental or can sound like you're being critical of someone, right? 
even though you may not have intended that. And sometimes if you're not careful, you get caught up in the moment and because, you know, you just get in this cycle of constantly picking on the same person. You ever done that? And it's hard to break that cycle because that becomes the norm. There was this one guy I used to work with and we nicknamed him Wingnut because every time he would come down there and ask us a question, it was just some stupid question, you know? So it was just our goal to pick on him the minute he walked in the door. And at first it was just all in fun, you know? But after a while it becomes the norm. And it's real easy to start hurting people like that. You know, so something that starts out innocent can become detrimental to somebody's attitude and their spirit. So I try try to avoid that. I'm not saying I always do. I try to, though. Okay? But let's talk about judging people. You know, we're all aware of that Scripture that says, Judge not, lest you be judged, right? People like to use that a lot because last thing they want somebody to judge them. Now, I want you all to understand the difference in what I'm talking about today. I am not talking about tolerance of things that are wrong, okay? I'm not talking about tolerating sin in the church. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the the spirit of judgment. Sometimes we look at others in the church and we don't have anything nice to say and we just start, well, if they would just do this or if wow, it's obvious that they're not living right and, and that's why they don't have blessings. And, and, and you start thinking about, you start trying to judge somebody's intentions. You can't judge someone's intentions because you don't know what their intentions are. You can judge their actions because you can see what they do, but you don't know why they did it. Okay? That's what we want to avoid. This Scripture tells us that we shouldn't judge our brothers. Okay? We're not talking about the world. We're talking about family. We're talking about our church family. Our fellow Christians, those that fall into the lineage, that are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We're talking about ourselves why shouldn't you judge them well you know what it does it creates division it divides a church and you know what else it does it prevents those that are outside from wanting to come in because they see that I guarantee you right now if I were to ask you Every one of you could think of one person that you know is judgmental. That person may not keep you from coming, but I guarantee you there's somebody else out there that knows them also. And it does keep them from coming. So you see that judgmental spirit not only divides a church, but it hinders a church's growth. I want you to also see that this Scripture says that when you judge your brother, you're also speaking evil of the law. 
I don't think there's anybody else in here that would say, well, obviously the Bible's wrong. Right? You wouldn't say that. If somebody were to say that to you, you'd be like, uh-uh, no. The Bible's right. The Bible don't lie. But when you go start judging another Christian based on what you believe their intentions are, based on what you think they're doing wrong, this word says that you're speaking evil of the law. Why is that? Well, you see, they're a Christian. They're a child of God. It would be like me coming to you and telling you how sorry your kids are. Don't nobody in here want to hear that. Don't nobody want to hear that. Even if I'm right, you don't want to hear that. You sure don't want me coming to you in that kind of a tone saying you need to do something with your kids. Right? You don't want to hear that. Now, if I were to come to you and say, listen, I'm concerned about your children. I just want you to be aware of what I see. Maybe you don't see it. And you do it in a loving manner. That's not being judgmental. That's, you know, in love. You're trying to make sure that the parents are aware so that they can... Maybe they're not aware. And they want to address the problem when they become aware. That's not your call. That's not your, your decision to make because then you're judging the intentions of those parents that you don't even know about. So what, we're, what I'm trying to tell you today is that when you begin to judge another believer, you're stepping out of place. You're stepping out of your position. Y'all ever have a problem with your kids trying to boss around your other kids? Hmm? You ever have a problem like that where your kids think all of a sudden they've become the mama and daddy? And they begin to boss? You would think it's usually the older one, right? Well, it's my middle one. She's little mama. She'll talk to Caleb just like, like, I mean, she sounds like a parent. Now, Caleb, you know you're not supposed to do that. And we have to get on to her for it because she's not the mama, right? She's not the daddy. But it's the same way when we begin to judge other believers. We're stepping out of our position as a child and we're elevating ourselves. Listen. We're elevating ourselves above God. Because see, He's the rightful judge. So what are we doing? What are we saying without actually saying it? We're saying, I know better. I can see all, I know all. So I have a right to judge. And that's never the case. Listen, it's never the case. You may think, well, I have heard all the details. I know enough to judge this situation. No, you don't. How many times have you heard somebody's story? You know, maybe a couple got into a fight. And you hear, you hear the wife, some of you women, you hear the wife. Oh, he's just a dirty, rotten dog for treating her like that. And then how many times have you 
then later heard the other side of the story. And then you're like, well, wait a minute. I didn't know that. See, that's real easy to do. You hear the story and you think, oh man, it, this is clear cut. There's no way they could be at fault. That's the story I'd tell you too. I'm going to tell it from my side. I'm going to tell it from my standpoint. So see, when you step out of that role as a child of God and move into that role as, as judge, you're saying, I know everything. I can see everything. That's what God can do, right? He knows all. That's why He's a righteous judge. That's why He can be a judge because He knows not only what you've already done, He knows what you're going to do. He, most of all, He knows the intent of your heart. See, I told you, you can judge actions, you can't judge intentions. So God can do that. But I can't look at Jerry and say, Jerry, you know you didn't intend to do the right thing there. Jerry said, yeah, I meant to. I just, I just didn't. I messed up. No, no, you didn't intend to, Jerry. See, I can't tell him that because he knows what's in his heart. God knows what's in his heart, but I don't. So when I begin to judge someone, I'm, taking, I'm stepping up above the law saying, I have the right, I have the knowledge to judge this situation. And that's not my rightful place. I haven't done anything to earn it, nor can I. I don't have the power and the ability to do that. <clears throat> Romans chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Romans chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth, Against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Man. I'm going to make this real for y'all, okay? Because that's some powerful words right there. Guys, listen to me. Y'all ever had a friend that cheated on his wife? Or maybe maybe was married and got divorced and remarried and got divorced and remarried and got divorced. Or maybe wasn't married and had an affair with a married woman. Or Y'all ever had a friend like that? Man, y'all come on now. Y'all act like y'all innocent, like you've never seen anything in this world. Come on. I could probably name four or five people like that in the past ten years that I know of. Okay? Now, how many of you said, well, that's just terrible. 
I can't believe they would do that. You can tell they ain't living right. Man, anybody that do that and and they call themselves a Christian. You ever say anything like that? You ever judge that person because of what they did? Y'all be honest now. Now, how many of y'all have ever had lustful thoughts for another woman? You ain't got to answer this one, okay? Y'all ain't got to answer this one. I want, I, want you, I want to drive this point home. I want you to see how real this is. I want you to see how easy this is to fall into, okay? See, the Word tells us that adultery is the same as having lustful thoughts for another woman. It's the same thing. Whether you commit the act physically or not doesn't matter. Having hatred in your heart is the same as murder. You understand that? So when you just see it's easy for us to judge a convicted murderer, right? He's just a sorry devil. I can't believe anybody would ever treat somebody else like that, right? See, we're getting off into the world there. Remember, we're talking about just the church. We ain't talking about convicted murderers normally. There's been some Christians that have been convicted of murder before. But this adultery thing is pretty prevalent today, right? 50% of marriages fail. I would probably venture to say a large percentage of those is because of adultery. You know, that number doesn't really change a whole lot when you move from the world to the church. Pretty much the same nowadays. So let's think about this for a minute. If, if committing adultery and thinking about lustful things is the same thing, who are you to judge them? You see, you're no different. That's what this Scripture tells you. Let me read it again. Maybe it will sink home right now. Therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judges. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. See, you said they ought to be stoned. They ought to be put to death for doing something that terrible. Thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. You said that... They kill somebody, man, they ought, to be, they ought to hang them. They ought to put them to death. They ought to fry them in the electric chair. Wait a minute, though. What about that hatred that you had in your heart for somebody last week? What about that adultery that you would have committed in your mind? It's the same thing. So when you judge someone else and you say, this ought to happen to them, they ought to be treated this way, or they got what they deserved... You're saying, I ought to get what I deserve. See, I don't deserve anything good, y'all. Another scripture I want to share with you, and y'all can quote this one. I know you can. You've all heard it a thousand times. Romans 3 and 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You can't put yourself in His position. 
You can't exalt yourself to His position because you have sinned. You have come short of His glory. You're not what He is. So the next time you start to look at somebody, I want you all to catch yourself. Next time you look at that friend that is sleeping around, or that friend that stole something, or whatever, got a foul mouth. Before you start to judge them, I want you to stop for a minute and examine yourself. You know what you should be doing instead of judging them? Number one, you pray for yourself. Repent. Because I guarantee you the intent in your heart when you begin to judge them is not holy. It's not pure. It's called righteous indignation. That holier than thou attitude, right? That's not Jesus. Jesus went and sat down with them and ate with them and talked with them. Had an impact in their life. He didn't exalt Himself above them by excluding them. Who appointed us judge? Nobody. Not one place in there will you find that God said, yeah, you better judge them and weed them out. No. He said, vengeance is mine. It's, it's my responsibility to repay what needs to be repaid. It's not ours. And let's face it, what good would it do? Does anybody care what you think? No. Nobody does. You know what happens when we begin to judge those that... Let's say they are Christians. Y'all, I know people. Christian, good, solid Christian people that have messed up. And, you know, those sins that are so public and everybody shuns them and it's taboo to even talk about it. Those sins are no different than the sins I have. Those sins are no different. They're just, in this society, not as accepted. I'm talking about the society, not God, okay? God doesn't accept any of them. God doesn't say any of them, well, that wasn't too bad, Kevin. That'll be alright. No, He don't ever say that. Do you realize the smallest sin in my life divides me from God? It's, it's enmity with God. It separates me from Him. Just because I decide to lie one time. Just because I decide to think things I shouldn't be thinking about or have hatred in my heart all of a sudden because there's a lack of love. Those are the same. The world doesn't see them the same, but that doesn't change how God feels about it. Share one more scripture with you today. Luke chapter 6, verse 41 and 42. This goes right along with that last one we read in Romans. Luke chapter 6, verse 41. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but perceivest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Either how canst thou say 
to thy brother, Brother, let me pull out the mote that is in thine eye. When thou thyself beholdest not the beam that is in thine own eye, thou hypocrite. Man, y'all like to be called a hypocrite? I don't want anybody calling me a hypocrite. Cast out first the beam out of thine own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to pull out the mote that is in thy brother's eye. You know what that's about? Does that mean that once you get yourself right, it's okay to judge somebody? No. What he's saying is once you've cleaned yourself up and you've got the right attitude, then when you go to somebody, it's going to be in love. You're going to do it in the right manner. You're not going to be sitting over there whispering and talking about somebody. And You know what I mean? You're going to go to them one-on-one in a private setting where you're not trying to embarrass everybody. And you're going to say, Jerry, look, man, I'm concerned about what I see. See, Jerry may understand everything going on. He may be handling the situation. But when I go to him in love, he has an opportunity then to say, yes, Kevin, I'm aware of that and I'm working on this is what I'm doing to change it. Or he may say, you know, I didn't even realize that I was doing that and I'm sorry and and begin to repent. You know what I mean? See, then on a one-on-one level, he has an opportunity to at least speak to his intentions. But when I publicly come out and say, you know, we've got some people here in the church that just ain't living right. and <laughs> Or if I'm going over here and saying, John, did you see what Jerry did? Ain't that terrible, man? I can't believe it. Ryan, did you see what Jerry did? Just stirring up trouble. Y- y'all know anybody like that? I guarantee you there's a few of them here in this church. I'm not looking at nobody. Look, this is a problem, y'all. Like I told you, starting out, it creates division in the church. It creates animosity between the the believers here. It creates a, a, a it kind of puts everybody on edge. People can't come and worship freely because they're afraid they'll be criticized. You think that ain't a problem in churches today across this country? Why do you think there's so many? It's not because all of them are full. It's because people have problems with other people. And this all comes stems from the point of judging one another. How many of y'all know somebody that says, well, I won't ever go back to that church again? All they want to do is, is if you don't fit into a certain kind of uh, look or you don't have make so much money, they, they cast you out. If you don't look just right and talk just right, that's being judgmental. I don't want to see that here. You know, I think for the most part we do pretty good. There's always ways to do better. I told you I wasn't here to tell you down, tear you down today. I want you, I want you to be encouraged. I want you to remember. Look, we we've got a position, and it's not as judge. Thank God it's not. Thank God we, that's freedom, y'all. That's freedom. I don't want to be a judge. You know how many judges have people trying to kill them? 
Yeah. People hate them. I don't want to be a judge. I don't want somebody thinking I'm a hypocrite. I don't want somebody saying, yeah, he's always talking down on these other people, but I see things in his life all the time. Right? I want to have a little bit of leeway with people. Yeah, I seen I seen him mess up, but I know he loves people. I know that's not his intention. See, when you live the kind of life where people see love in you, and then they hear something that you did do, what do they do first? They give you the benefit of the doubt. They say, yeah, but I, I know better. I know him better than that. But when you're that kind of judgmental spirit and and uh, people already have racking up points against you, you don't have a chance. Bottom line is I want to live a life pleasing to God. That's who I want to please. And you know what? Living that kind of life, you'll please some people and some you won't. But my my real concern is pleasing Him. So that's where we need to focus. I guarantee you as a church, as a church whole, if we're all looking to God and pleasing Him, we'll be okay. He'll, he'll, he'll weed out those problems in our life. He'll chasten us and correct us. And let us know where we need to change. But if we all start looking at each other and each other's problems, instead of letting God be the judge, we're going to create more problems. We're going to create division. We're going to create hatred and, and all of those things that follow. Follow. 